You're listening to the Flip Houses Like a Girl podcast, where we educate, empower, and celebrate everyday women who are facing their fears, juggling family and business, embracing their awesomeness, and wholeheartedly chasing their dream of flipping houses. Each episode delivers honest-to-goodness tools, tips, and strategies you can implement today to get closer to your first or next successful house flip. Here's your spiky-haired, breakfast taco-loving host, house-flipping coach, Debbie DeBeery. Hey, what's going on today? Thanks for taking some time out and hanging out with us and listening to more of Min's story. She was on our podcast before debriefing her first flip, and now she's joining us again to debrief flip number two. So her first flip, she made a profit of about $60,000. And then her second flip made an amazing, just jaw-dropping $250,000. So within about a year, she made $310,000 flipping houses on the side of a full-time job. So yes, it is possible. And we're going to get into all of that, how she managed all that, where she found support, all the challenges that came up on this flip, some weird ones too, <laughs> some unusual ones, I should say, and having to have difficult and uncomfortable conversations with private money investors. We get into some good heart to heart stuff near the end. So you definitely want to stick around for that if you want to be moved and inspired, which of course you do. That's why you listen to this podcast. All right. So let's just go ahead and get into this conversation because we've got a lot to discuss and work through. So let's get into it. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about your second flip. You just closed on the sale of it. Uh, when did you buy it? We, we went to look at it in July of 2021. Okay. Um, it, we had been looking at multiple properties prior. I think this was, I think this was maybe the fifth house we looked at. We looked at two off-market deals. Um, you know, we, I had, an, had spent some time, tr you know, working towards that and all the strategies that you teach us. Um, and then this one we found on the MLS. So we, we went and saw it again. It was inner brokerage. It was a Windermere listing. Got it. And we walked through the property and the property was in really terrible shape. Um, mm -hmm. It smelled awful. Mm -hmm. but it was, um, we had learned that the owner's sons had tried to rehab it, but rehabbed it in a really uh, bad ways. Like okay, DIY is not the way that they did this. It sort of slapped it together and oh, called it a remodel. And, and so a lot of the work that they did, we, we, we knew we had to tear out and start from scratch. Wow. So to think that you just posted the, some like before and after pictures yesterday. So I saw a bunch of before pictures. So to think that some of those before pictures were their remodel. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's terrifying. Oh, yes. It, um, that's terrifying. And I, you know, I chalk it up to, they tried their best and they mm -hmm. were trying mm -hmm. to remodel a home and mm -hmm. they had some plans for it. And I think ultimately time got away from them and they just gave up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's harder than you think once you get into it. A lot harder. They didn't do any. They didn't. Um, they didn't leverage any permitting. They didn't go through the permitting process, and so, you know, we we had a lot of obstacles ahead of us, and and so. Um, but, you know, we knew that because it was inner brokerage, my realtor knew the listing broker and we knew that we had, we had a little bit of leverage on this deal. So we offered 800, I think we offered 790. Um, the listing broker came back and said, Hey, if you want to close the deal, you need to offer eight. Did it just come on the market? It did. We were there. Um, so we. I think we were in Nebraska on vacation when it, when it came live, uh-huh. our, our broker went to see it, mm-hmm. walked it with the listing agent at the open house. And then um, we submitted an offer that Monday when we got back. This is why you rely on a team. Yes. We, this yeah. is not a one person business. We That's have to it. rely on our team to let them do their jobs. I love that. Okay. So you got this for 800 K. Yep. Were, what was your, remind me, because I feel like your first one sold in April. Well, it closed on April in April. Okay. And what did you buy your first one for? Oh boy. We bought that beauty for 580, 580. Okay. So you're $220,000 above that. Oh yes. Did that like, did that feel like anything to you or were you just numbers, numbers, numbers? You know, we um, we knew that the, um, we knew that we had to move our price point up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were open to it, and the reason why we were open to it was because that was um, we knew that the net profit opportunity was bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We also knew that the original house that we worked at, we worked on earlier in the year that was a three one seven five breakdown. Okay, it was a Rambler. And um, that was a beautiful project, but we knew that the market wanted a four bedroom, two and a half bath. That was what the market generally wanted to buy, Yeah, um, especially in the suburbs. And we were working outside of the city of Seattle, North and East. Got it. Got it. And so buyers what they want. So we knew in order to purchase the property in our target area, North of the city, it with the, the, you know, bedroom, bathroom breakdown, we knew that we had to look at price points above. Got it. So you were, you were okay with that. You were like, this is what they want. We have to look at this like this. If we look at less, it's because we're like, we're, we're making the decision of what buyers want. If we decide that we're going to look for lower price points, different room, uh, bathroom configuration. Yeah. I love that you looked in you, you've always been like this, like from day one, like you've just been so you're so coachable and you're so like, you want to know the process. You want to understand things. You want to do it. Um, so I appreciate that you really harnessed that data part because it really does tell us everything we need to know. Yeah. And it takes a lot of the guesswork and the emotion out of it. Exactly. Which is what I needed to do (laughs) because I want every house. I want every house to work because I love every house. Yeah. And you, and, but the, the beauty of this journey is that the emotion comes through the design phase of the, the process, right. And totally. that's where your heart sh- is shown and you can put 
a lot of the sort of personality, you know, little touches here and there. Um, and, and so there's a balance. There's a, there's a balance. You can't be emotional about the numbers part. You cannot be emotional when it comes to inputting and looking at the data that's in the spreadsheet. Right. That's the wrong place. You, that emotion comes later. Yes. Yes. Perfectly said. I love that. Okay. So you're looking, so you buy a house for $800,000. When you bought it, what were you thinking the repair amount was going to be? Oh, 116. Okay. And what were you thinking the ARV was going to be? 1.05. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And that was July of 2021. All right. So $160,000 rehab budget. And this was a big house. How much, what was the square footage? 2,700 square feet. Okay. That feels huge to me. I'm so used to like 1,600, 1,700. Well, it was double the house from our first flip. Okay. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, that's, that's such a big house. It's a lot of finish out. It's a lot of flooring. Yes, it is. (laughs) Okay. All right. So you went in thinking 160. Mm -hmm. What? Tell, let's talk about some of the surprises around the rehab part and what that rehab actually came in at. Let's talk about all those surprises. Well, you always tell us you never know what you're going to find until you get into the house and open the walls up. <laughs> and it's so yep. true. Yep. And, um, you know, I thought I padded our renovation budget. Because I made the mistake on flip one, I didn't pad. I remember that. I remember that conversation. Yeah. Okay. I said, okay, I'm going to learn from that lesson on flip two, not make the same mistake. Well, I don't think that I made the mistake. Uh, We just uncovered lots of, lots of issues and obstacles that we had to overcome. So one was, um, uh, after, after we demoed, there was still, a odor in the house. Oh gosh. um, My husband um, grew up on a farm, you know, and he was like, that odor is not just like old, old person or old house smell. Right. It's not just mothballs. Yeah. It's coming from somewhere. And just to give you perspective, the house, the whole, the exterior landscaping hadn't been trimmed back for probably 10 years. Oh my gosh. So you know where this is going. Oh gosh. So, and there were, this house was um, very wooded. It was on an acre lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a creek at the Mm -hmm. bottom of the lot. Mm -hmm. Um, There was also a giant hole in the roof. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. You had some dead critters. Yes. Oh, gosh. So, you know, my my husband and his sniffer went investigating and (laughs) drywall section one off and, and, and he, he, he assumed based on the sort of trajectory of where an animal would get in uh-huh. he figured out, okay, it's gotta be over here. Oh my God. That's so smart. I know. So then he started peeling drywall off and found his, you know, found the first victim. Um, he ended up finding 12 victims. <gasps> wow. Drywall, 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 drywall. Oh my gosh. That was one issue. It we so that was not the only drywall saga. The second drywall saga was um, connected to electrical. The 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 sons um, mm-hmm. did some really shoddy electrical work, like fire starter electrical. Mm-hmm. Of course, I I can't stand it when people yeah. DIY electrical stuff. Yeah. That's like you know electrical taping you know circuits together. Oh I my gosh, that's just. Well, 
So harmful. So awful. Um, And we knew that we couldn't leave that alone. Mm. Um, And so our, not only did our electrical budget double, we went from a $15,000 reno plan to um, 32,000, but in order to accommodate the needs of installing a new electrical system through that out the entire house, we had to remove more drywall. It was, Oh God. <laughs> it's like the the electrical slash drywall nightmare house. <laughs> dead slash dead animal. Yes. Nightmare house. <laughs> so, um, so we learned quite a bit from that. So drywall, you know, our original budget budget was, I think we said like seven thousand and it moved to seventeen thousand. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. So that was one of our problems. Like I said, we had a hole in the roof. I'd never dealt with putting a new roof on a house. So that was a new experience and finding a trustworthy roofer um, was a new sort of obstacle. Um, We wanted to, in the front entry, um, it's a, it's a 1969 home, the front entry, everything about the house was very closed in. Mm. And we knew that the, the wall that enclose the downstairs or the stairs to the downstairs level. We knew that we, after investigation, we knew that we can remove the wall, but we needed a structural engineer to help us Mm -hmm. validate that. That went on for probably longer than we would have liked the back and forth. Okay. Just getting structural drawings, et cetera, to be able to um, get that approved or uh, added to our building permit took a long time. That was, that was a new experience for us. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, the demo costs on this Debbie, um, remember I told you, I promised, I promised my GC husband that I would, I would get him the additional support that he needed to get this. Right. Right. Um, a part of that was the sheer amount of demo on this house was astronomical. How many dumpsters? So many dumpsters. Um, I would, I, I think I lost count, but I think we, we landed at eight. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, mm -hmm. that's a lot, but we had six, the first we had, we did the demo team came out and demoed for about four days. Oh my gosh. Well, it was, remember all the landscaping had overgrown. Right. Right. Big exterior property. So between all the interior that we had to demo and then then the team moved out to the exterior you know, we hadn't paid for demo. Demo for us on the first flip was just the cost of dumpsters and we're the labor. Got it. And so we paid 15,000 for demo. Oh gosh, man. It's those big numbers for things that we don't see. It's so hard to stomach those. It's like, obviously all of this is necessary. Obviously we have to spend $32,000 to get the electrical properly done, but it's like, man, it's all in the walls. It's not even like the pretty stuff that we get to see. Right. Nobody sees it. (laughs) That's how I feel with all the foundation and drain line replacement I have to do. It's like $50,000 of work. Nobody sees. (laughs) Oh God. So painful. Okay. So drywall, electrical, structural engineer, demo. Rodents. Rodents. (laughs) Um, Okay. So now you're at a higher price point. Let me backtrack a little bit. The 160K rehab came in at, ended up coming in at what? 230. 230. Okay. Okay. 
So how did you finance this? How did you finance the purchase and the renovations? Yeah. So part, it's all about having great partners and surrounding yourself with a strong team. So the original lender on my first flip was, was fine. The actual broker himself was great to work with the, in the financial institution (laughs) that I worked with. Not so great. Got it. So, you know, I knew, I knew at the end of that transaction that, Hey, I needed to identify a new lender. I wanted someone local. Mm-hmm. Not someone that was based in New York that mm-hmm. I needed to call and talk to an analyst, and so, mm-hmm. uh, so I started interviewing um, lenders here. Um, connected with someone that I really um, enjoyed talking to, got a good vibe from him, and I think inside of thirty days from our conversation, I submitted my application and wanted to fund the deal. Nice. Um, they're interesting; they can fund a transaction in seventy-two hours. Awesome. See, that's. That's common for the lenders I work with. And that speed is so important. Yep. Yes. It, it, it positioned your contract to be taken seriously and it, and it literally rolls you to the top of the list. And absolutely. So, um, so, you know, again, off market deals, they, it's a little longer of a lead time. It's a, it's the long play. If you're looking and shopping off the MLS you've got to have the best contract and the best offer. And a part of that is being able to close in five days. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So found him. Um, So from the time we had closed on our shoreline flip throughout the early summer. And by the time I found this opportunity, I had talked to 15 different investors or people who were interested in investing. Um, And this is all people just reaching out to you from your posts on social media. Um, we were just, you know what, we, we were just sharing what we were doing. Um, yep. we didn't want it to be super glamorous, super sexy. We didn't yep. want it to, you know, to be produced. We want it to be very direct, very honest, you know, mm-hmm. this is how, this is what a flip looks like. Right. Right. Sometimes at the end of the flip, you're on your knees caulking the toilet because <laughs> nobody else will do it Not sometimes, all the time. Um, exactly. Every single one. Every single one. <laughs> Um, but you know, at the end, I would say, Hey, if you're ever interested in being part of our journey, you know, please will reach out anytime. And so people would just text and call and, you know, we got to about 15 and then it, those, you know, those conversations became more serious with about five people. Okay. Um, and the learning from flip one was that I was not going to, um, I was, I wasn't going to borrow the reno through the lender. I wanted it all through private mm-hmm. So much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I put the down payment on down on the house, which you can fund through private money too. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I think um, I think when you know when it could be anyone, but if, you know when you talk yourself out of hey, well, I don't have that type of money. I I was lucky enough to have you know funds from lots of different sort of factors and savings. But you can, you know, I know lots of women in the program that fund it through private money. Absolutely. But I had one hundred and sixty. Um, from my from my investors to fund the reno, they all knew exactly where it was going for. We did the promissory notes, um, and these are people that I tr- that trusted me, and I trusted them. So it was a it was a very very easy um, agreement. Mm-hmm. And they're all silent, correct? Nobody hundred percent silent. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, somebody asked that yesterday and I was like, no, we, we do not give because too many is too much, right? When too many people are making the decision, decisions take longer. There's frustrate. Inevitably there's frustration. Then there's time. And then there's money. If there's time going by, there's money going out. Yeah. Okay. So they're silent private investors. Yep. So you initially needed 160. All right. And you got that from, did you, how many lenders did you use? Just one. For that one, for the 160, you used one lender. Uh, oh, no, no, no. The I'm sorry for the, yeah, for the private money. I'm sorry. So one, um, so a few were couples. So I would say that came from four sources. Um, the, the investor that lent us 10,000 on flip one, they were, um, she was an old colleague, both of them. I used to work with them. They were the ones that reached out 60 seconds into my original post a year ago. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, and they upped their ante to 50000 They let me $50,000. That's crazy to me. That's amazing. Yes. Right? Yep. But Ooh. it gets better, Debbie. Yes. So let's talk about, because that 160 that turned into 230 like where the heck is that extra 70 grand going to come from? Yeah, I would say that um, that that was um, when we hit that milestone in the journey. That was I had a few sleepless nights because I wasn't sure how we were going to get past this and and solve that problem. We knew we had to put drywall up. We had to finish electrical. I knew all of those costs were coming, and I just had to figure out how to how we were going to pay for it. And so, um, I did have someone else actually reach out, and they're like, "Hey, I want to invest. I want to." I've uh, I've got 50,000 and I was like, yay, mm-hmm. gets me closer. And, uh, and he, um, we had a good conversation. He was ready to go. And he, long story short, he wanted to, a, an agreement that his attorney drew up and he asked if that was okay. And I said, it gave me pause. Mm. And, um, and so I, I put the question out to the, the tribe and I oh, said, that's right. Anyone, has anyone dealt with this? Like it's unfamiliar territory. I'm not, I'm not an attorney. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the flip sisters reached out and said, do you need money? <laughs> and she, I said, yes. And I said, well, that wasn't what I was asking for. Right. I was asking for not legal advice, but I was asking for a sort of how to sort of walk, you know, dance around the situation. Yeah. And she goes, well, I have, I have $50,000. Oh and I was just like, <laughs> what the heck? Okay. Um, I said, so I sent her my spec sheet. Uh, we had a quick phone conversation, you know, and we had, you know, been very friendly and supportive through mm-hmm. different parts of our own journey within the, within the tribe. And yeah. so, you know, she felt like she knew me. I yep. knew her. Yep. He lives in Texas. I don't live in Texas. So, um, so then before you know it, she just, she, you know, we did the proper paperwork and she wired. And I was like, I think all inside of like four days. So check. Right. So, you know, I was able to chug along for a couple more days. And as you know, I'm making payments to subs and to different contractors, you know, we, we needed another 20,000. So I went back to the investor who invested 10, upped it to 50 and I said, I just had a really honest dialogue. And I told her, I told her and her husband where we were. And I said, are you, do you have the, the capacity to lend another 20,000? And she said, 
she and her husband said, you know what? We think we do. Let us talk about it offline. We'll get back to you. Inside of an hour, she texted back and said, yep, we're in. Deposited the money on Monday and I was able to pay my sub. How hard was that conversation? It was scary. Yeah. It was I've scary. had it. I've had it. And like, it's still hard and scary. I think a lot of it was I was embarrassed. Ab- absolutely. Right. Um, you should have known better. Right. Yep. Oh, gosh, uh, we do that to ourselves. Yep. And I, and I actually opened with that. And, you know, we have a really good relationship. There's a lot of trust built yeah, there. So important. And again, you know, um, you, ch- you pick who you want to partner with and you, you can absolutely say no to people, even if it's private money. Yes. <laughs> because you're, you're in this five month, six month, 12 month relationship with them. And it's already a stressful journey, the work and the the problems that you have to solve along the way. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want is you, you don't want an investor who's going to chime in and sort of disrupt some of that process. Absolutely. And so she, you know, she funded it. It, it, and it, and I did tell them, you know, from the start, I said, Hey, this is, this is not a conversation I wanted to have. I, I'm actually really embarrassed that I have to share this, but these are the obstacles. Mm-hmm. This is why I need the additional funds. <clears throat> you know, um, and this was later in the process too. This was probably in month, you know, almost at the end of month three. Of okay. And the entire project was four month construction, five months total holding clock. Okay. Okay. So you're over halfway into this. Okay. We're in the home stretch. Yeah. Right. It's when all the pretty stuff gets installed. Right. Like the best part, (laughs) we get to put it back together. Yeah. And, um, and they were fine with it. I think they, you know, and again, I, a lot of it is that trust and, you know, relationship and time that we've already built, you know, for years together. And they're like, okay, yeah, no problem. So it was, you know, it was a relief after I had the conversation, like, Hey, I can do this, you know, God forbid it happens again, but Mm -hmm. when it does, Mm -hmm. right. I'm okay to have that conversation. You had that conversation. First of all, you were open and transparent that we have to be open and transparent because we're people, right? We're humaning. We're having human experiences. We need to just be vulnerable and be like, man, I feel, I feel super embarrassed. And I even, I hate to even have to ask this, but I'm trying to save this project. And, and here are the facts, right? So it's like, yeah, lead with taking responsibility and then present the facts, present the data. Here's what I know. And here, like, here's what we need to fix things. This is what it's going to cost. Are you open to lending that? No. Okay. Move on to the next one or yes. Great. Fantastic. Let's do this. And using the data makes you sound confident, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're coming to a lender and you're like, oh, I, you know, messed up on the numbers. I'm feeling dumb. And I need, I don't know, probably like 20 more thousand dollars should work. Um, I mean, how do you feel about that? Like, that's going to be a different conversation than I need 20 more thousand dollars. Yes. Here's where it's going, right? <laughs> There's so much more confidence on the other end when you hear that. Um, we we uh, we had a contingency plan also. Um, nice. You know, the lender, you know, we told him from the very beginning, you know, we're going to use private money to fund renovations. And he said, that's fine. Uh, I don't we don't lend without a renovation budget attached, like a second lien. And so he said, you know, he, he said, Hey, 
if you're okay with it, we'll set aside 25,000. If you don't use it, no problem. But here's 25,000. <clears> if you use it, no problem. If you don't use it, no problem. Got it. And, but so, <clears throat> you know, the easy, the easy way or the easy solution there would have been just to leverage the 25,000, just call mm -hmm. it a day. Mm -hmm. But I went back to the investor and I said, Hey, cause one of my, one of my um, goals, a part of this journey is also to make money for people that I know and love that are part of my investment community. Yeah. Put trust and faith in us. Yes. So, um, and I'd rather make them money than make a bank money. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I said, well, the worst they can say is no. And if right. they say, no, oh, that's okay. I, I have this opportunity with the lender to fall back on. Got it. And so I was thrilled when she said yes, because then I was making another $2,000 for her. Exactly. So that's like, I love that even more because you had that hard conversation you didn't have to, you could have done the easy thing. You could have, could have used the lender. I don't know if that would have been easier, right? Cause then you've got draws and all of that whole other thing, but it would have been easier. It's right there. It's already done, but no, you had the hard conversation, which in, which in the end made that investor even more money, which in the end puts more faith in you and trust in you that you really are looking out for them. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. It worked out. Amazing. Okay. All right. So we went through all the problems. Oh, wait, there's another one. There's one more problem. Oh boy. There were lots of something about the land. <laughs> yeah. We need, I want to talk about that because that was super unique. So the property, um, the, it, the, this property was on an acre. The previous owner um, had a very tumultuous relationship with the neighbor that owned the two lots adjacent. Oh, gosh. He lives on one lot. We'll just call it lot B. <laughs> and he bought at some point, gosh, like 25 years, 26 years ago, he bought lot C. Okay. Um, he bought it from a developer. And as you can imagine, there are property lines that you know, that overlap or perceived overlap. And, um, and we had never dealt with this before. And so, you know, um, I think we, I think like on day two, we were on the property, he came and was like, Hey, um, I have this, I have this, uh, you know, property line issue and you guys need to solve it. And we were like, Whoa. Oh, wait. So you're like, you just bought this place and this owner, this owner that owns another property rolls up. Oh my gosh. I had something similar. Mm -hmm. And you're and like, we like, Whoa, slow your roll. Let's <laughs> know. And he was very aggressive about it. And long story short, this guy's been dealing with this for, for 20 plus years and had a very tumultuous relationship with the previous owner and was taking it out on us. Right. And we, we informed him that we would, um, we would address it in a timely manner. We needed to review the documents that he had provided. We knew from closing on the property that there was there was something we just didn't know what to what extent. Um, <clears throat> there was a dispute, but we didn't know, and we weren't worried about the dispute because we figured we would just take care of it. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he ended up um, paying to have a survey redone of the property lines. We walked the property multiple times with him. 
um, his requests or his perception of the property line changed from the original walk to the final walk. Oh, of course. Uh-huh. Yep. <clears throat> um, uh, you know, and, you know, my husband's an upstanding, honest, right. integrity, you know, person. And he called him out on it and said, Hey, this, this is not what we agreed upon. And, <clears throat> you know, it, it became contentious, you know, in that walk. And I, you know, at that point we just, you know, I just said, Hey, listen, um, I think cooler heads need to prevail and let's just reconvene. Mm-hmm. Cause nothing good was going to happen. Right. Yeah. It was, yeah. Everyone was escalated and it was too yeah. much. Yeah. So we walked away and, um, that was that conversation happened. Um, I want to say in November. So we were, again, we, we listed the property early December. So we were this close. And the last thing we needed was we didn't need this to drag on beyond closing. Oh, gosh. So um, ultimately, he agreed to an easement because the overlap, the overlap was about 600 square feet. Oh, my so we, gosh. He said yes to the 600 sure. square feet. You know, we we just, you know, Stu and I had a conversation like, is it really worth, is it worth it? The answer is it's never worth it when you're 600 square feet. <laughs> exactly. Even though the principle. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. But we, but we said, yes, um, he, the neighbor agreed to an easement because the easement would give us access or the new owner access to a different part of the property <clears throat> of our property. So we said yes to it. We leveraged our attorney. Um, he had an attorney already and um, our attorney drew up the easement, sent it back. He was submitting all of the BLA paperwork, and it all got it all got fixed. It all got done. Pick your battles, right? That becomes like the older I get, the more true that becomes. Pick your battles. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay, so what? Is, I mean, really, like, like. Like I say, every project presents a new learning opportunity and sometimes new learning opportunities. <laughs> yes. Okay. You bought it for 800, closed in July. Your original rehab was 160. It ended up coming in at 230. Mm-hmm. You list it in December. Your initial ARV when you bought it was 1.05. You list it in December and what did you list it for? So we continued to watch the market leading up to this list date. So it was five months. That's right. Mm -hmm. It was four months from the time we took possession to um, the actual list date. Got it. That's right. We closed 30 days after and we slowly saw seven to 11% month over month growth in this zip code month over month, not year over year. Unbelievable. Month over month. And um, just to give you an idea of the landscape, the rest of the immediate area, there were parts that did start to slow down. You know, this was one of our target areas. We picked an area that was beyond booming. And so it was just the perfect storm yeah. um, for this. So we, you know, one, one million Oh five was our original ARV. Then we could see it. Cre- we started to see it creep to one one five, one two five, 
we listed the house in December at 1.3 million. Mm-hmm. And um, we knew as we were watching the market continue to increase that we we were pretty confident we can get one three. Never in our wildest dreams did we ever think that we actually would get the price that we accepted a contract on. Did you get multiple offers? So we got, we accepted an early offer. Okay. Which. <laughs> because they were trying to prevent you from accept getting other offers. So it was a really good offer. I'm guessing. Okay. So what was the offer? They offered us 1.44 million, which. You know, again, we we were confident we would get one three. So you know, it's it's interesting how sometimes we limit ourselves. I find myself limiting myself too all the time. Where you know, I'm like, okay, we can get one point three five. Like that's a that's a huge stretch. Mm-hmm. We were resigned to one point three was fantastic. One point three five, it that's all gravy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the agent called us called us Saturday said, Hey, would you entertain an early offer? And, um, we said, sure, but just come with your first and best. And they, um, there were no contingencies. Um, we, and we had done our due diligence. We had, we had done a home inspection when we took possession of the property and then it paid for another home inspection. Nice. I, that I do that too. Nice. Yep. Just to show them that this house is squeaky clean. Yeah. Um, so no, no contingencies. They had their lender called us and, you know, could, you know, assured us that they would be able to meet the closing date and that they were all of their, they were in already in underwriting that they were all of their paperwork was, was in hand. And, um, so it felt like a really, and plus it was an incredible offer. Right. And so we just kind of looked at each other and my husband wanted to say no, and I wanted to say yes. And, you know, we, we had a long discussion about kind of what the other prospects were. And we said, let's just get it done tonight. So we said yes at 7.30 that night on Saturday. The final question. Yes. So what was your profit? So our original net profit mm-hmm. <laughs> based on the deal analyzer at 1.05 our worst case scenario. So I sort of play with, Hey, if Reno goes up, et cetera. Same. Yeah. Same. Uh, so um, it was going to be 65,000. Okay. So you were, you, if you got the one Oh five where you were uni- what the initial ARV, when you <clears throat> first looked at it, first walked the property, you still would have made, um, you still would have made a great profit, right? Like you still would have made a profit. Yep. So you ended up making so um, all said and done, we ended up walking away with two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> I I I don't even know how to say that without making having an expression on my face because it still doesn't feel real when I say it. Right. Well, it, it I can imagine that it feels ridiculous to say. Like, Ridic- yes, it's that I'm I'm like I'm in a fog in a dream right mm-hmm. now. I'm in- and I think that's why I wanted to talk to you so quickly after. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to lose that magic. I love that. Yes. I love that. I love that. It is. It's, um, you know, when I went to go sign the closing documents, you know, the, the number is different because obviously I still have to repay all of our investors, their amount with their budget. I have to, I have to move money out. You know, that I originally invested into the down payment. And so the numbers even inflated even higher. And I, I remember looking 
And the notary's like, okay, do you want to start signing? And I was like, no, I have to do some quick math. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm doing the math because I'm like, this number's not right. And so I'm doing the math and then I'm like, okay, so obviously all of your formulas are correct. <laughs> okay. Title company. You did the math. Right. But then I start, then I start deducting obviously all the reno costs, the interest that I'm paying back, right. my investment. And so, but still that massive number was just, I mean, it was jaw dropping. And I, I called my husband immediately on the drive home and I was like, I just don't even know how to say this number to you. What was his reaction when you said it? It was a really nice surprise for him. Yeah. And I think um, I think it, it made him feel really good about the work that he put into it as well. That's awesome. It's $50,000 a month. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. Wow. It's beyond. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, this, you know, this is, this is kind of strange to say, but, you know, again, if we walked away with 135,000, I, I think I would be just as jazzed about it and excited. And, you know, again, like I'm, I'm working on like not limiting my dreams or think or not thinking small per se, but being able to see things in a bigger way and, and dreaming those for myself. Like that is, that's on my journey to come. I feel that deeply because I'm so right there. I am so right there with you. <laughs> wow. I'm, when I have to say, when I read that post, I, first of all, I cried. I did. <laughs> I cried because like, just you, tr- you trusted yourself to do this. You trusted yourself to take on this project in any way. Like that's huge because you trust in the numbers. Yeah. I, you know, um, I didn't do this alone though. You know, and I'm not talking about, um, you know, having my partner or my husband as a business partner. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. Like I, um, I like questioned everything about my ability to do this, but, you know, Sharon stepped up and she told me you can totally do this while working. Yeah. Gave me the, the confidence and the courage. I love that. And then, you know, Tiffany stepped up and lent me $50,000 as a private money lender and, um, and got us through this big hump that we, that I didn't know that we could get through. Mm. And I think, you know, one of the best, one of the things that I've gotten much better at is asking for help, Mm. leaning on other people, because when you're in it, whether it's here or whether it's somewhere else in the country, you can feel very isolated and alone. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that is so magical about your the program that you've built and the mm-hmm. women that are, are a part of it is that I can be 2,000 miles away and I am not alone. Oh my gosh. That's huge. That's why it exists. Yes. I mean, that alone tells me, okay, we're doing it right. If you can say that, that you don't feel alone, then we're doing it right. Like that's, that's everything. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, their problems. There are problems that someone else has already experienced and can empathize with you and say, that happened to me too. You're going to get through it. And this is how I got through it. 
No one's telling you what to do. No one's no one's telling you how to fix your problem, but they're they're standing with you in that place. Mm. And they're saying, me too, I've been there. Um, and they're giving you hope. Like that's something that you can never falsely or sort of manufacture. Oh my gosh. And, and that's the magic, the true magic of this, of this program and, and all the women that are a part of it. Oh my gosh, that's huge. <laughs> <I'm gonna cry>. <laughs> <sighs> but, you know, and again, you know, Anyone who's out there who is in the middle of their first deal or they are not sure if they will ever get their first deal, you can do it. Trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. And it doesn't have to be an $800,000 purchase. It can be a $200,000 purchase. It can be whatever price point you want to tackle. Right. But just know that the support system and the help that the entire group of women that are part of this program will provide someone will be and it'll be someone different every time mm-hmm. but someone will come and hold your hand and help you through it at every single stage but you have to you have to extend your hand too you've got to you've got to be the one that says i need help i'm stuck i i can't get through this i'm in a dark place you've got to be brave enough to communicate that out because we can't help you if we don't know that you're in that place alone. Yes. Scream that louder for those in the back. Yes. And it is the safest place to do it. It is the safest place to ask for help. It is. It's the absolute best, best platform and format that you could ask for. So that's amazing. That's amazing. That is that is our work, women asking for help. Our work is learning how to ask for help and learning how to accept help and learning how to lean on others and it not being a weakness. In every business I've ever had, the faster I've gotten to team and build my team and rely on my team and let them do what they do best, because it's not what I do best, right? The faster I get there, the more enjoyable business is like the more enjoyable everything is. It's like, and it's like, oh, we have to battle ourselves so hard around that. You take you, you have to take that pressure off of having to do and know everything. Absolutely. Cause the reality is it doesn't matter if you're flipping houses. It doesn't matter if you're running, you know, a hair salon or a bakery, yep. you're just, not, you're going to have to you're going to have to ask for help and outsource some of those requirements that are going to make your business successful. And, and so, but, but it starts with, with you, it starts with me. Right. Right. Raising your hand and, and, you know, asking, you know, being vulnerable and asking. That's a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough one. (laughs) Nobody signs up for that. (laughs) Yeah. We're not like, let's go, let's find somewhere we can go be vulnerable today. That sounds fun. (laughs) But it be it's beautiful. The vulnerability is beautiful. Yeah. And it's so it's, you know, it's you know, people who listen to this podcast and have, you know, listened to other women, they've, they've heard this before. I'm I'm not the creator of this, but this is, you know, this is a life-changing journey. Yeah. This just happened to flip houses and our ability to grow as women and, you know, 
shed some skin and be better versions of ourselves. Like that's the, that's just such a gift. It's huge, right? It's a, it's such a gift you've given yourself. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's it. That's it. We're done. <laughs> Min, that was a, like just incredible. You know, I mean, from day one, I've been such a huge fan of yours. You showed up immediately giving and like you always give more than you take. And it's, I'll tell you, Sissy and I have talked about you and loved on you since your start because you do it like you're super coachable. You do it, you share, you give. And I'm like, I am genuine when I say, I'm so glad you're here because you make this space even better. Like, thank you. Thank you deeply. I'm so deeply thankful that you're here. Well, that makes me, I'm getting better at accepting compliments, but that makes me, (laughs) that just warms my heart. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. We see you and we appreciate you. Well, it's only, it's only because of you and, and the incredible women in this group. So thank you so much. I'm so fortunate that we like, it, I'm just so, I'm so grateful that we keep attracting really good, like just right. Like just good hearted people. And it's just amazing. It's a really beautiful space. And I, tr- I truly believe that we, we, I might, I might have started the party, but we all co-create this space. Like everyone has a role, right? So thank you. I, and you know, anytime I see a post where, you know, someone is like living in that sort of paralyzing fear and unable to do, I just want to go. And I just want to like hug them. I know. (laughs) And just tell them you just go do it, go Go do it, not mess this up. You can do this. You are fully capable. And I think that's what I try to, I try to convey. You do. You do. That's totally the messaging I hear. Not I'm not anyone extraordinarily special. I'm just a normal, you know, I'm a normal woman. But you did it and you do it. I know. It's it's just getting people to cross that line to do. It's that it's so yeah, it's it's hard. It is really hard. It's the hardest part of this. It really is. I had lunch a couple weeks ago with a group of women that I used to work with, and you know, she said she wants to live in this one town, and she said, Well. Dan and I, um, we want to live here, but we're we're never going to find a place. And I said, why? And she goes, oh, it's because it's really expensive. Mm. And she goes, we're never going to find a place. And I go, why Why do you keep telling yourself you're never going to live there? Oh, my gosh. And she just stopped. And she's 26. Oh, my gosh. No. No. And she just, she looked at me kind of jarred. And I said, honey, if you're going to continue to tell yourself that story, you're, yeah, you're right. You're never going to live there. Wow. And so I said, tell yourself another story. Oh my God. I love that. You totally changed her in that moment in that you could have just let it go. But why do we do that to ourselves? Why do, why? But I don't know. I don't know why. So it's my mission to pay back in small little ways. <laughs> no, but do you know, that's huge. Like you put that seed in her at 26, that the words that come out of her mouth matter and they, and they play out into reality. Oh my, that's huge. Oh my gosh. I try to have that conversation with my son every day. He rolls his eyes and I'm like, well, I don't care. One of these days you're going (laughs) to, 
listening. He's listening. He just he doesn't. No, he totally gets it. He, he knows his mom's woo-woo. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but like, it's, that's so great. That's so great that you planted that seed in her mind. Like, that's amazing. Because the easiest thing would have just been to take that and been like, okay, move on. Because that's easier. Or you're right. Yep. Yeah, I know. It's so expensive, right? Like, it's so expensive. It's just like, you can't afford, you can't, uh, the whole messaging around real estate is just so toxic. It's, we have to break down a lot of that with new members because they, right. They're not in this space and they aren't around women doing it. And so they hear what they hear, terrible market, terrible, stupid to do it right now. It's going to crash all these things. And it's like, that's why you put it in the deal analyzer. (laughs) Exactly. Let the calculator do its work. That's right. (laughs) All right, men. I love you. Thank you for taking this time. I'm sorry. I went over. I'm so I'm so happy to have this conversation with you. Thank you for sharing again. And thank you for being you. Thank you for being here. Oh, always. Thank you. No, thank you. It's not nowhere near conveys the gratitude I have for mm. you. Same, <laughs> same, absolutely same. Awesome. Thanks, man. Okay. Bye. There you have it. Another awesome conversation with men. Oh, so grateful. So grateful for you, men. Thank you for taking the time out again. I appreciate it. All right. So here's the, here's the drill. If you are sick of sitting on the sideline and you want to chase this dream of yours, loving old houses back to life, and you want to be surrounded by a community of women who are supporting you and encouraging you and empowering you to do bigger things than you ever dreamed possible, why don't we see if we're a fit to work together? You can go to herfirstflip.com and schedule a call and let's see. All right. So our specialty is just that, helping women confidently start flipping houses. And we always welcome fellow like-minded and like-hearted women into our community. All right. Until next time, go out there. Flip houses like a girl, leave people and places better than you find them, and chase your curiosities. All right. Bye, y'all.